watched games across the country, a result in South Bend, Indiana that I know a lot of people loved. But as much fun as it was to kick back and watch football on Saturday, how about the weekend that it was for OU football recruiting, huh? All of a sudden, there's predictions on predictions on predictions for four-star offensive tackle Grant Bricks out of Logan, Iowa, to end up at the University of Oklahoma. Parker Thune was there in Iowa this weekend. And I guess this is the appropriate place to start, Parker, but we've been talking about Grant Bricks for several months now. Most recently, we've said, well, it's kind of hard to really know what's going on here. Not a lot's being said. What happened? What happened this weekend or the week prior for all these predictions to come in on OU? Well, it's kind of funny, Tyler, because, shoot, I'm up there in Logan, Iowa, and 12 hours later, predictions are dropping all over Man. for Grant Bricks. So it kind of it kind of shows you where the roots of the tree of intel are. But, uh, no, man, look, Oklahoma does appear to be in very, very good shape and closing on Grant Bricks, the outstanding offensive tackle from Western Iowa. I was up there to watch him on Friday night. Gosh, he's a good-looking football player. It was his senior night. It's super fun because you not only got to see Bricks play football, but you got to see <laughs> he, he's, he's not only – the program's cornerstone right tackle, but he's also the drum major in the band. Oh so the kid gosh. will literally, like, he's <laughs> conducting the national anthem, str- puts the helmet on, goes and dominates for a half. Uh, then at halftime, he's back conducting the band, and then goes back out for the second half and dominates some more. It was a 31 Did they honor him as FFA class president in the second quarter as well? No, the they didn't. That was the only wow. thing the evening was missing. But... Yeah, no, had a conversation with Grant, had a conversation with some of his folks, touch base with a couple additional sources in the immediate aftermath of that trip. And I feel very, very good about where things are trending in that recruitment from an Oklahoma perspective because I really did not imagine, Tyler, given his final three, that winning was going to be something that tipped the scales in drastic fashion. But it really seems like, from the conversations I had Friday, that the Sooners 6-0 and start has further crystallized and solidified a lot of Bricks' beliefs about Oklahoma being the right fit for him. Well, okay, so it, let's go back to the talking point last Monday, then, is winning that game against Texas, even for kids that aren't in the state of Texas, aren't in the state of Oklahoma, winning that game of that magnitude and doing it with really the entire country watching last Saturday. So that that meant a lot to even a kid in Iowa, the number one player in Iowa. And maybe it wasn't just that one game. It's been the entire body of work up to this point. But there it is, man, recruiting momentum. We said that you got it after you beat Texas and Dallas. And apparently that momentum can be felt even all the way in, uh, what, western Iowa where Grant Bricks is at. Is that safe to say? Because – what, on your podcast, you said that he and his family sat down to watch that game. I, I'm yep. guessing that had a big impact. Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, you see Oklahoma come out with an emotional victory like that over the number three team in the nation. It kind of caps off what has been a wondrous start to the 2023 season, a wondrous first half of the season for Oklahoma. And, you know, as somebody, like, even if you're not – planning on committing to Oklahoma imminently. If Oklahoma's a strong consideration for you, you see a future there. You see that program win a game like that? Oh, yeah, man, you're going to be stoked. And Grant Bricks certainly was. Wow. Man, I, I mean, 
for, for people that listen to the show on a regular basis, I, I think that they know how big of a deal that this is. But if you're just a casual follower of recruiting, we, we've talked a lot about this kid, and for good reason. Like, he is – like, Rivals brought up the question a month ago, Parker, like, should Grant Bricks be considered as the best offensive tackle in this class? And the answer to that was yes, that he should be considered – he may not be ranked as the best offensive tackle in this class, but he should be considered one of the best offensive tackles um, in, in this 2024 recruiting class. I mean, he's a top 100 player nationally by rivals. This isn't just a good offensive lineman. It's the best offensive lineman that you would have in your 24 class. And Parker, he'd be one of your, what, top five, top eight best players that you would get in the entire class. In my mind... He is the highest ceiling offensive lineman in the nation. I've said that before. Were it not for Eddie Pierre-Louis and that, the potential addition of the Mauler from the Tampa area, then Bricks would be far and away your most coveted addition to this class on the offensive line. As it is, Tyler, I mean, when was the last time Bill Biedenboe got two absolute killers in the same class that everybody in the nation wanted? I mean, everybody. Has ha, has it happened? I mean, to answer your question, instead of going back and looking at classes, like, has that happened before? I, and I'm not taking anything away from him. This is more of just appreciating what could be in this class. And I think, looking back on the 2022 class, Jacob Sexton and Jake Taylor were two guys that had offers coast to coast. So you're kind of in the same ballpark there. But I think where this 2024 class distinguishes itself is – if you do indeed cap it off with Bricks and EPL, in 2022, Taylor and Sexton were Beatenbow's only signees. Those were the only guys he inked. In 2024, not only would he grab Bricks and EPL, but Daniel Akinkunmi, Isaiah Autry, oh, yeah. BJ Brooks, Josh Isosa, a half dozen. Oh, I mean, I, I think if you finish off with EPL and Grant Bricks, we are talking about Bill Biedenboe's best offensive line class since he's arrived at OU and one of the best offensive line classes in recent memory for OU as well. Am I going too far with that? Because I think that that's what this looks like on signing day if you end up with these 6-0 linemen. I think, Anyone got an issue with that? I think it's the best class of Biedenboe's career at that point. Yeah. yeah if they yeah, get I, these last two guys, it's the best class of Biedenboe's career. Uh, okay, Jalapeno on the uh, text line says, where would that move them in team rankings if they get all those guys. So here's what I did today. Okay. Uh, and, and I did it with a 24-7 sports um, class calculator. So you now anticipated they, this question. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, of course I did. I see the text line every day. I knew this was going to happen. So 24-7 has OU at 7 right now. Uh, Rivals has OU at 6. Rivals has OU, uh, or excuse me, Eddie Pierre-Louis ranked a lot higher than 24-7. But I went on 24-7 because they had the class calculator. I factored in. Bricks, EPL, and Michael Boganowski, who will announce on Thursday. And based on 24-7, if that were to happen like right now, that would get OU to number five. And I'm guessing on rivals, it may be even a little bit higher than that if you were to factor all three of them in right now. Yeah, because Eddie Pierre-Louis, per rivals, is the number 26 player in the nation. Right. So yeah. there is no guy that's going to boost your rankings individually quite like him. Uh, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 
People got jokes. Cherokee Sooner says, did Bricks also do the kicking for chicken? Uh, 918 listener says, Bricks saw Walter Rouse block two dudes and was like, oh, yeah, I can get down with that. Maybe. Offensive line, they getting some love in a game like that. Hey, everything matters, guys. Gunny of Stutzman Army says, Logan, Iowa sounds a lot like Porter, Oklahoma on that count, fellas. I recall removing shoulder pads and playing the French horn at halftime. Sugar <laughs> uh, Shane in Newcastle says, I sent Bricks a few pics of my cows shortly after the prediction started rolling in. Big Rich in OKC was Bricks selling food at concession stand before the game. Yeah, I, I mean, the whole drum major thing is, is incredible. And, yeah, now you have this mental image of he's the FFA class president. Uh, he was helping his mom sell hot dogs at the concession stand before the game. It just sounds like this kid uh, just just sounds like he's very well rounded, a hell of a football player, and just really kind of does it all out there in well, Iowa. That's the thing about small town kids, Tyler. Small yep. town kids do it all, and so again, that's one of the things that is a tremendous encouragement to me as I look ahead to the type of player that Bricks can become when he is focusing virtually all his time and effort on just two things: school and football. Gosh, he's going to be a killer, man. Yeah, well, and I think the promising thing, too, is it wasn't just you and Drum sending out future casts and predictions. I saw at least one, and maybe there's more, and maybe I missed a, a few more of these, but you're seeing the Nebraska side now start to yep. log in uh, crystal balls and future casts for OU. So it sounds like maybe, you know, OU, Nebraska, Kansas State didn't know, but something recently happened, and now – Maybe all sides are aware that yeah, OU's in a is in a pretty good position with this, which is it's awesome. It's like the best news that could have happened to, to come out of the weekend on the recruiting front, because we talked about Bricks being such a big piece of this class down the stretch. Is there any sort of a timeline on what we should watch out for, for from here on out? Is he going to make a visit? Like what what's next? Okay, well here's the thing, I do not want this. I do not want this interpreted as the establishment of a hard timeline because there has never been a hard timeline with bricks but some of the conversations i had friday night gave me the inclination to believe that this could be over within the next week or two again wow i how many times have we thrown ballparks out and still no commitment from bricks it's happened three or four times already so take it with a grain of salt but if the kid can work up the courage to just get on the phone with those staffs and put his foot in the ground, make the call, let Kansas State and Nebraska know, hey, I'm not coming, then that's that feels like that's about all that is left to be done here, Tyler. Um, I'm just going to send a message out right now to those national recruiting analysts at Rivals on 3-24-7. Um, it's October 16th right now, but just go ahead and write the article that OU is a recruiting winner in the month of October. J- just go ahead and write it now. Um, set it to publish on uh, November 1st. Just go ahead and do that because OU's already gotten Daniel Locke and Kumi. I think that they're going to get Boganowski on Thursday. I'm guessing they get Eddie Pierre-Louis by the end of this month and maybe even Grant Bricks. Parker, for as much as we've talked about here the past month or two, that, all right, we're kidding, we're kind of getting down the list here in terms of 24 prospects. October, if all those names I just mentioned were to commit this month, I don't know if it's the single best month for OU in 2024, but it may be number two if you get all of those offensive linemen and Bogdanowski in the, in the month of October. And I would actually argue, Tyler, that it is the best month yeah. of the year on the recruiting. Because, because in June and July, for instance, 
you can expect a crap ton of commitments. That's generally when the vast majority of your class, at least at Oklahoma, is going to jump on board. But to have played the long game with guys like Boganowski and Bricks and EPL and even Akinkumi and see it all come together mid-season, late in the process, these are guys that you've been working on in some cases for upwards of a year. Right, It's not like last fall where you had to make late evals and offers on guys like Ashton Sanders and Taylor Wine, etc. No, these are all guys that you've been working forever on. And with them now on the cusp of jumping on board, it's a boon in the month of October for Oklahoma. So to look at this big picture and to get you guys even more excited than what you already are right now about OU's 2024 class, Parker and I have just mentioned this segment that this could be Bill Biedenboe's best class ever at OU. Now, we've stated that multiple times about the defensive line haul for this year. So just a big-picture look. Parker, look what they're going to put together this year in the trenches for a recruiting class. And what we're talking (laughs) about here is your best O-line class, your best defensive line class. It would stand to reason that this will be the best overall trenches class that OU's had maybe in the modern recruiting era. I think that's what we're... I think that's what we're talking about here. And I'd agree with you. I'd agree wholeheartedly. And yes, that's already the case, but imagine how legendary this class becomes, at least on paper, if you can flip Williams Winery and or Dominic McKinley. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Now, now, now he's doing something to us right there, talking <laughs> about the flip potential, which we'll get into coming up next. Um, there's a name that Rivals is bringing up right now. That OU missed out on finished second, but with uh, some recent developments in College Station, is Terry Bussey on flip watch? I don't know. Rivals got an opinion. We'll talk about McKinley and Winery. There's a lot to be happy about right now with OU football recruiting. We'll get all to it all next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans, Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and, of course, The Ref Army listening nationwide as well via our free app in the app store just search k-r-e-f stockbridge georgia is tuned in today kemp texas san diego california tucson arizona evansville indiana victor new york chesapeake virginia baxter springs kansas and our small town of the day lindsey oklahoma uh, reformer locator brought to you by affordable door company they compromise on the price but not on the quality Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net. Or call 405-635-9499. That's 405-635-9499. I am at the Newcastle Casino today where new members earn up to $250 in rewards play. And we have happy hour coming up at 3 p.m. Right here at the Newcastle Casino, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra cans, 450. Well Spirit drinks are 550. That's happy hour here at the Newcastle Casino, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. All right, um, Rivals is at least bringing up the question, Parker, if A&M commit Terry Bussey is on flip watch. Apparently he was back at LSU this past weekend. They note that Emma Jones has continued to press the, the right buttons here, and with a&M struggling on the field. It is worth monitoring what Bussy will ultimately do when it's time for the pin to hit the paper. So we discussed Winery. You brought up Dominic McKinley last segment. 
do we need to watch out for Terry Bussey to in be, a flip watch potential? Well, and I've I have said it before, Tyler, and my opinion hasn't changed. If I'm being completely frank, barring a staff shakeup, I do not foresee a circumstance in which Terry Bussey flips. I think <laughs> Look, there are, there are several different ways you can explain the visit to LSU this past weekend, but if you or folks in your camp are trying to squeeze a little bit more money out of A&M, saying, hey, look, you guys are kind of struggling right now. If I'm going to commit to this school, I need a little extra NIL coin. Well, then the school you visit is LSU, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it really is, honestly. Was uh, speaking of LSU and visits, was Colin Simmons down there this weekend? Apparently, Durham. Apparently, I don't know. I I didn't pay close enough attention to that. I huh. I'm not following the Colin Simmons recruitment very closely at all, and I won't because I don't have to. And if you don't have to follow one of those recruitments, I would recommend for your own sanity that you don't follow one of those recruitments. Yeah, Caden Durham was you know tweeting out some things this weekend that made me think that uh, five star Colin Simmons was with was with him in Baton Rouge and. People were bringing up flip potential, and then on 24-7 today, it says Colin Simmons locked in with Texas. Like, oh, okay, all right, well, you guys you guys have fun with that drama. I know we've got drama of our own here, but um, in the grand scheme of things, things just overall, overall feel positive. All right, so wait and see with Terry Bussey. That's fair. People are starting to bring up Jimbo Fisher, and if they'll buy him out at the end of the year, do we need to talk about Dominic McKinley then in a potential flip, the elite defensive lineman? Yeah, I look. I think it's too early to have those conversations. Am I saying those conversations have zero merit whatsoever? No, but in teasing a potential flip from a five-star defensive lineman, I just think it's too early in the year right now to be entertaining the debate of whether or not Dominic McKinley ends up flipping from Texas A&M because A&M is what four and two Tyler are they four and two or are they three and three they've lost three games they've lost to Miami Bama and Tennessee so I, I think three and three okay so they're three and three yeah look if A&M stumbles to the finish line I don't question that there will be a staff shakeup of some kind whether that is Jimbo Fisher or an assistant slash assistants but until then, Tyler, I just – I'm not banking on any of Texas A&M's commits flipping because A&M has ways of keeping classes together. Yeah. And you understand yes. where I'm going with I think we, I think we all understand with that one, yes. Uh, by the way, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Jeff from OKC says, what is the reason for the success in recruiting? The coaches, the turnaround on the field, or something else? Yes, Jeff. That's that's the best way I can put it, Parker. Yes, Jeff. The coaches, turnaround on the field, some other factors as well. I think everything's the reason. Um, but I think the turnaround on the field has, has certainly helped. That's that's for. I mean, we've we've heard that from certain commits that it has had has definitely had an effect. Danny Okoye, most notably, but sounds like Grant Bricks has really noticed that as well. Yeah, exactly. Look no further than Grant Bricks. I think right now, if Oklahoma is in the same neighborhood record-wise as Nebraska and Kansas State, you got the Huskers at three and three, Kansas State at four and two. If Oklahoma is say four and two right now, I think Grant Bricks is probably favoring Nebraska. Yeah. But six and zero oh, helped turn the tides there. 
Gary from Couch Cafeteria says David Hicks will be at OU. Book it. No source at all. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Well, Gary. at least at least he at least he was clear up front. No source at all. Uh, Frisco Sooner says, guys, I think the thing that blows my mind more than anything with OU's recruiting is how well-rounded they have been at every single position. I don't think we have seen this type of recruiting since the Switzer days. Even Bob's classes didn't seem to be so complete at every position. I honestly think BV and that staff are on a collision course with greatness. Yeah, I mean, Frisco Sooner, when you look at the balance on both sides, um, it's definitely easy to get to a place where or I think we can all see that. Like, and, and maybe we shouldn't be – we probably shouldn't be all that surprised looking at it now that the classes are ranked higher than what they were before with Muleshoe because, Parker, it's hard to have a top-five class when you're only having good success recruiting on the offensive side of the ball. When you can actually have balance recruiting elite defensively, recruiting elite offensively, it's no mystery as to why that OU could have back-to-back top five classes this year. I'm going to read you a word-for-word quote from a recent conversation I had with one of Oklahoma's commits. I think the ceiling is a national championship, and I think that's going to happen a lot faster than people think. Man. And if you're going to win a national championship ahead of schedule, Tyler, you have to start with a firm foundation, and that starts on the recruiting trail. Oklahoma has laid the majority of that foundation in the 2022 and 2023 classes. This 2024 class, in my mind, is what's going to help finalize that foundation, yeah. that championship foundation. This is a question to you, and it's a question to the text line as well. And I, I think this can be true for the offensive line class, even if Grant Bricks isn't a part of it, though he's, you know, he, he's the best offensive lineman that you would get in this class. If OU closes with EPL and Grant Bricks, and you've got six offensive linemen, and we're talking about the best offensive line class of the Bill Biedenboe era here, is there any position on this team in the 24 class that you can say, well, all these other places are great, but they didn't shore up some weaknesses here? Like, could you complain about any single position in the 24 class if this offensive line, like, if it comes to fruition? No, I really don't think you can. Like... (laughs) Maybe depth at tight end, maybe that's the one thing people are concerned about. But again, I think Ivan Carrion is a tight end more than a wide receiver in the long run. So across the board, obviously 2024 is a shallow class at linebacker, but that's because they had an exceptional and very deep linebacker class in 2023. The same can be said of the safety room right now. That's not a position where... You have to go above and beyond to bring in a plethora of playmakers because you've got a very bright future at that position already. You're on the verge of getting your final chess piece in Michael Boganowski. So all in all, Tyler, when you look at last class and this upcoming class in 2024, between the two of them, it's real hard to find a bone to pick with the way that the Sooners have recruited. Seriously, man. Loco Ohio says, I know we have Devon Mitchell at tight end, but would they go after Jackson Ford, who just decommitted for Morgan? If you're telling me that they even think that Ivan Carrion is going to be a tight end at some point, I'm going to guess they probably feel pretty good about their tight end situation, especially because they could get two in, in 2025 at tight end as well. They very well could, and I expect them to. I think Nate Roberts and Desan Brame are two guys that, uh, as of this moment, I would project to land with Oklahoma, and I have future casts in to reflect that belief. But 
another guy that's going to be on campus next weekend in the 2025 class at tight end was a guy that got his very first offer from Oklahoma. That's Chase Lofton out of Elkhorn, Nebraska. Now, with Jackson Ford, who, again, just decommitted from Oregon, I am of the opinion, and this is one man's opinion, I am of the opinion that he is a better defensive player than offensive player. And so I would imagine that wherever he lands, he'll be playing edge slash defensive end. I have long thought that about Jackson Ford. I was surprised when he committed to Oregon as a tight end in the first place. But, no, I don't think Oklahoma makes a play there. Hawaiian Sooner says, need depth at tight end and kicker. Address tight end there. 512 says, I can complain. Can we get a kicker? (laughs) We got Le- Liam Evans, correct? Is Liam Evans. You yeah. got a kicker. You got a kicker. Go. He's a dang good one, too. <laughs> if you haven't watched some Liam Evans highlights, go watch some Liam Evans highlights. That kid can kick. Um, we'll, we'll get to more texts coming up next segment. I see a lot of you, including Vinny Paul, saying Matt Leinart catching these hands. Woo, boy. Matt Leinart is feeling the wrath of the OU football fan base on Twitter right now. Says uh, He tweeted out an hour ago, Oklahoma fans are so salty it's kind of embarrassing, like seriously, LOL. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Matt Leinert wrote that tweet? <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma fans Fox are so analyst. salty. It's kind of embarrassing, like seriously, LOL. Yeah, it, it, it does read like a uh, 12-year-old typed that out. Yeah, Matt, it's so much fun taking the victory lap today because we are very thankful for November 28th, 2021. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, USC, for taking them off our hands. Ah. What a result on Saturday. We'll uh, we'll talk about it at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. But, yes, you're right. Matt, just tell your coach to keep his name. Keep our name out of his mouth. That's all you got to do. Stop making up lies about breaking into his home like a loser. It's awesome. Keep tweeting, Matt. We'll keep attacking you. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with Bacomas and Thune, live on the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Newcastle Casino today, where new members earn up to $250 in rewards play. Come hang out at the Newcastle Casino on this Monday. Boy, Matt Leinert is, uh, he's getting uh, torn up a bit on the text line right now. Lost City Sooner says Matt Leinert is an idiot. He blew all the gas last year about how Muleshoe would dominate and we would be an afterthought in the football world. And here we are with the receipts, and he doesn't want to pay up. Uh, Mark in Newcastle <laughs> says a liner to still butthurt. Teddy took him to Applebee's. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, and, and you're seeing this as well. Um, Matt Liner, um, boy, he's getting ratioed on, on the text line and on Twitter right now. Oh, you fans have not forgotten that Matt Liner took the Heisman Trophy that rightfully belonged to either Jason White or Adrian Peterson. Take your yeah. pick. And so, uh, furthermore, you come out and you say stupid things about the USC-Oklahoma comparison, the mule shoe oklahoma divorce. Well, yeah, the receipts are going to get pulled on you, especially in the aftermath of a game like the one we all witnessed Saturday night against USC and Notre Dame. We were all watching that game, right, Tyler? Like, Oh, we were all watching, trust me. Yeah, like, we, we were all watching. And glorious it was. I love Loco Ohio's uh, text, which, by the way, if you missed what Matt Leinert said, it says Oklahoma fans are so salty it's kind of embarrassing. Like, seriously, LOL. Loco Ohio says that was a very sophisticated tweet. Now, that's one of those if you know, you know. If you don't know, 
it was a USC beat writer. Who was it? Scott Schrader that said it on, on Saturday? No, I don't even remember what. It was one of Scott Schrader's cronies. Okay. I don't know how many people work for We Are SC, which I like. Again, the name of that outlet just screams homerism. But I don't, I don't know how many people work for We Are SC, but they are all very, very pro-USC. But they said something to the effect of, you know, this isn't, this isn't Norman, Oklahoma. This is Los Angeles, where the people are a lot more sophisticated. I, did he mean sophisticated about football? Did he mean sophisticated about life? Did he mean all of the above? Because, I mean, I'll, I'll challenge you on both of those, but I'll definitely challenge you about they're more sophisticated out there when it comes to football. Dude, like, no one even cares about college football out where you're at. And they're going to say it's a more sophisticated place than, than, than Oklahoma. Okay, It Tyler. sounds like one of those things that they need to say out loud to convince themselves. Come on, Tyler. What's the best avocado toast place in OKC? <laughs> it's true. True. Not as sophisticated when it comes to avocado toast. But apparently way more sophisticated as well when it comes to football. Greg Katz. The there you go. Greg Katz. Thank you, Micah from Kanawha. Greg Katz is the sophisticated fellow. Jeez. Morons. That's in, in like things like that just makes Saturday night even more enjoyable. Even more enjoyable when Notre Dame just ran all over USC 48 20. It was great. Um, as we look ahead to Saturday, what is the early week outlook on visitors this weekend? Eddie Pierre Louis sounds like he's going to be in this weekend. Who are some other notable names in 24 and 25 that uh, look to be uh, here on Saturday? Yeah, so I mentioned Chase Lofton. Uh, he's another uncommitted guy coming in from out of state for this football game. Gosh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So I, I know that Reggie Powers is supposed to be coming in on an official visit. He may not be the only official visitor, and I'm honestly not sure whether I should – tease and or say who the other official visitor um is yet because i i don't know whether it i don't know whether my sources would prefer that that be out there but i'll I'll just leave it at this there is the potential for several big time 2024 visitors that are uncommitted so it wouldn't be the surprise visitor at least as right now he's not committed anywhere else he's not no 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 I I am not expecting as of right now, and it's Monday, so things can change. But right now, I do not expect any players committed elsewhere to be in Norman on Saturday. Is this a name that we've mentioned a lot over the past few months, or is this more of an under the radar name? Uh, it's a little bit more under the radar. Good football okay. player, though, blue chipper. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna have to uh, really think hard about this one in the next 20 minutes. Well, you're on with me today. We're on. Uh, until 6 p.m. today, so I guess I've got like three hours to figure this one out. Maybe we'll get there by the end of the show. Yeah, um, what are the chances Eddie Pierre-Louis either privately or publicly announces his commitment this weekend? I I, got to think that there's at least a a chance of a silent commit to the staff on on Saturday. I expect it. I expect it in the next seven to ten days. I expect it to be public within the next seven to ten days. Yeah, kind of sounds like um, he's coming into town this weekend knowing that, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and commit this weekend. And, and, and maybe that's the, the staff realizes that as well. But I, And there was a new um, prediction that was logged today, by the way. Yeah, so more and more Eddie John Pierre, Garcia. Yeah, more and more Eddie Pierre-Louis 
uh, predictions are rolling in. Michael Boganowski committing on Thursday. Uh, we got to bring it up every single day because we're getting closer and closer to the commitment. That commitment's happening this week, but we'll say what we've been saying for about a week now. Um, continue to feel good about Michael Boganowski to OU. That's that's what I would say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, let, I'll put it to you this way. I'm going to be doing the show on Thursday from Junction City. so That's normally a pretty good sign. Yeah, do what you will with that piece of information. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot with, uh, with that one. Now, um, main talking points a bit about this offensive line class with all the great bricks uh, predictions rolling in. We'll get to that next segment. But Daniel Akakumi, man, he, uh, he got some screen time yesterday. Got interviewed during that Titans Ravens game. In oh, did he London. really? Yeah, man. And if you go to the ref Twitter page, you can see like a 10, 15 second little snippet on what he said during that interview, and basically he's just talking about how awesome of a coach that Brent Venables is, and at the end he's like, oh, oh, OU's, OU's coming, oh, 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 OU's coming. So he's he's excited, he he sees it with Brent Venables, sees all the wins, but that was cool that Akin Kumi got interviewed during the Titans-Ravens game yesterday, the same stadium where he committed a few days prior to that. Gosh, I... I completely missed that. I don't know how I missed that yesterday because I got the opportunity to actually sit and watch NFL football for the first time. Well, I mean, it forever, wasn't like but... on the like on the uh, actual NFL broadcast. Oh, okay, it was on, okay, that makes yeah, more sense. It was on like a secondary outlet. Yeah, he, he they weren't interviewing him on the field during the game. It was um, Sky Sports NFL, Sky Sports NFL, who uh, was interviewing him yesterday. But still cool, nonetheless. Still cool to see him out there, nonetheless. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Hanging out at the Newcastle Casino today. We're in 15 minutes. It's happy hour every Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Budweiser, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra cans are 450. Well drinks are 550. That's Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. here at the Newcastle Casino. More OU Cruton next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Dorsey Jones is family-owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, where they sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. Staff was out crouting across the country this weekend during the bye week, but that wasn't all. It wasn't just the coaches out there recruiting And I got to tell you, it's nice, man, isn't it? For your quarterback who just had a Heisman moment, he's like top three, top five on the Heisman Trophy uh, watch list. And he's out there at Carl Albert to support Kevin Sperry. He's on the sidelines uh, having a – he's got a Carl Albert hoodie on, essentially. And he's there for Kevin Sperry, and I'm sure, you know – to show uh, those other kids at Carl Albert in the 24 and 25 class that he was there. So so not all that bad if you could throw DG out there. That's a program guy, Tyler. That is a program guy through and through. And if you really want to put a stranglehold on local recruiting, why not go send your quarterback, the guy who right now has the second-best Heisman odds in Las Vegas, out on the road to attend your quarterback commits game? That was a pretty – like, A – Pretty brilliant maneuver by the OU staff to send DG out there. And B, just awesome to see G- DG willing to do that. In the yeah, midst man. of, like, on a bye week where he has every reason to kick back and stay out of the public eye, 
and amidst the chase for a Heisman Trophy where he's one of the most ballyhooed names in college football, he's just out on a Friday night watching a high school football game like a regular human. Kevin Sperry tweeted, Thank you, at Dylan Gabriel, for coming out to support me and my guys. True leader. Yeah, that was a pretty cool moment on Friday. And Carl Albert, boy, they they took care of McGinnis. Carl Albert is... uh, as advertised, what we thought Carl Albert was going to be before the year, well, they've, they've, they've looked dominant. They're really, really good football team with uh, several OU offers uh, on the roster there. They're, uh, they're really good. All right, uh, back to Grant Bricks. For those that missed it at the top of the hour, predictions on predictions on predictions now. All of a sudden, for Grant Bricks to be a part of this uh, 24 class for OU, not just OU guys, but Nebraska analysts as well, our logging predictions in like if i were to ask you what happened what what, what's the best answer oh you just continues to win on the field well yeah that that and uh you know like i said i was out there friday gathered some intel talked to a few sources talked to folks on the oklahoma and nebraska and and i will say like greg smith the first nebraska insider to drop the ou prediction for bricks he and i had been going back and forth for a while on the bricks recruitment and we'd been collaborating to kind of get to the bottom of where things stood. And uh, after this weekend and after some of the stuff that I passed along to him and he corroborated on the Nebraska end, uh, he was ready to go ahead and lock in OU as the pick. So it was as simple as uh, got in-person Intel on Friday and yes, Oklahoma is winning and winning matters. How much more, I don't know if you want to put a number on it. I think we did this last Friday. How much more confident are you than you were, let's say, last Thursday before you go to Iowa that OU will finish with a top five class in 2024? How much does Grant Bricks, like, leaning towards OU change that? I I don't know if it changed my overall opinion of where Oklahoma's class would land because I already figured Bricks would end up in – Amongst like amongst Bill Biedenboe's Hall in the 2024 cycle, I'd had that prediction in since early June. June 2nd, I believe, was when I predicted Grant Bricks to Oklahoma. But I, as far as that individual recruitment goes, I was about 60-40 between OU and Nebraska for Grant Bricks prior to Friday night. Leaving Logan, I was about 90-10, Tyler. On a top five class, ninety ten, correct? No, on bricks on, being an Oklahoma student. Okay, but but uh, top five class. I think we were both at. I think we were both at over fifty percent. I'm guessing you're still there with this recent development with Grant Bricks with the top five class. I would say there is a seventy percent chance that Oklahoma yeah. has a top five class right now. Spartan Sooner on the text line says dream matchup would be Carl Albert versus Bixby. Yeah, that'd be awesome. After both of those teams win a state championship, let's just play that thing in OU at some point in December. I'll show up so a lot of other people to, to go watch that game. It'd be, it'd be awesome. 405, the story of the USC game was the domination of the Notre Dame defensive line. Yeah, Caleb Williams uh, not playing well was a very big storyline as well, but um, Notre Dame pretty much dominated and, all, and all you, fast of that game. And you know what contributed to Caleb Williams' rather shoddy play mm was USC's offensive line was a handful of turnstiles yep. on Saturday night. Turns out, Muleshoe has a harder time making an offense click against a top-flight defense without Bill Biedenboe. 
Who would have thunk it, right? Uh, 9-1-8, Guthrie has allowed zero touchdowns this year, and they play at Carl Albert this week. That's Ooh. wild. Guthrie at Zero Carl touchdowns? Albert. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. I, I I am going on record. I believe Carl Albert scores a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm there. Also at 70% there with the top five class. Uh, Cody Mayo says the lines will be built of stone and bricks. Like the sound of that, going to be tough. I like that a lot, Cody. That's very nice. Lines could be built of stone and bricks. Bricks, of course, B-R-I-X, which makes it sound uh, makes it sound even cooler. That's awesome. Nah, but the month of October got a chance to be a real, real good one for OU football recruiting and um, got a chance to meet, maybe be the best single month that OU's had for the 2024 class. That's what we're talking about here. With Boganowski committing on Thursday, Eddie Pierre-Louis coming in this weekend, of course, the recent development of Grant Bricks. Um, It is, um, you know, recruiting is one of peaks and valleys, Parker. And we've been through both. We've seen both sides of that. But right now is, it feels like one of the good times, one of the better times for OU in 2024 as it sits right now. I know. Everything's looking up, Tyler. You're 6-0. Quarterback's in contention for the Heisman Trophy. The dynamite recruiting class is coming together. It's a, it's a rough couple of weeks for the Doomers. I know there's nothing to complain about. And hopefully that's the case when we uh, come back on Monday and there's still nothing to complain about. When OU plays UCF, and we'll get to that next hour. But right now, man, it's um, you, you got some real momentum on the field in recruiting. Hell, even Colin Cowherd, Jim and Arlington, showed me the tweet. Colin is even admitting a little bit that he was wrong about OU and USC. How about that? Look at things. Look, look at where things stand after 18 months. Uh, the rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.